If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zeph and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Zephan Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast, and today I'm joined by Alan Vaisberg. And Alan is a recalibration expert and creator of the Seamless Method, who facilitates people's transition from unfulfilled and stressed to doing what they love and being at peace. He speaks on life purpose, career change, work-life balance, and the recalibration process, and runs online programs helping people recalibrate their lives, and today he's joining us. How's it going, Alan? Thanks for having me. It's going great. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you here today. And, you know, I'd love to just jump right into your story because I was reading a little bit online uh, and you've got a very unique story. You came to the U.S. actually the year that I was born. So I'd love to Hmm. kind of share uh, what that experience was like for you and uh, and how that all came about. Very true. So um, I came in 1989, as uh, as you've mentioned, Um, I was 14 years old. My parents wanted to uh, to have a uh, better life, uh, specifically for me, and they came here at the age of 52 for themselves uh, in order to give me an opportunity to have that life. Uh, I came from the former Soviet Union, from Ukraine, technically, which at that time was not its own country, it was just a state. Um, and um, it uh, was a little interesting because uh, you know I wanted to be a professional tennis player, I wanted to be an actor. And uh, when I brought those things up to my parents, they said, uh, no, you're going to get a real job. Uh, So I tried to figure out what that actually meant for me. And uh, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, I decided not to go into law because I figured out very quickly that being a lawyer means looking at lots and lots of uh, contract language and I'm not that detail oriented. Uh, So I went into business and uh, then I uh, went into IT because that's where the money was and uh, money I found uh, until about 2012 when I decided that I've had enough of it and I was completely unfulfilled uh, and I needed to make a change. That's when I started my transition away from IT into uh, doing what my heart desires, which is to help people. And that's where I became a recalibration expert. So ultimately for you, money was not the solution because i know that so many people think oh if i you know make a successful business or if i make this much money things are just going to work out for me and it it sounds like it really wasn't about the money it was not and uh, again i I certainly like money quite a bit Uh, money affords me a lifestyle that i like to live you know i like to take tennis lessons i like going to a nice uh, health club or on vacations or uh, I have my kids uh, go to any courses uh, and classes that they want to take. So money is a very important part, but money was not the reason why I was doing it. And uh, because I went into IT just for the money, I was missing that uh, essential element. I didn't love it. And uh, I was never as successful as I could have been, even though I built you know a business from nothing into you know two and a half million dollar a year revenue business. Um, it could have been twenty million dollars a year if I actually cared about what I was doing. But I like the entrepreneurial aspect of it because I am an entrepreneur. That's not going to change. I didn't like the IT part. So I was never into it. 
And once you're never into it, you're never going to become professional. And if you're not a professional, you're always putting a block energetic and uh, professional in order to uh, be as successful as you can be. So for me, uh, money was a part of the reason why I stayed so long, but it was not something that made me fulfilled at all. And do you remember when that day happened where, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you woke up or maybe you had an experience at work where that decision kind of started to pop up in your head? Because I know for me, when I mm -hmm. left working for, for the corporate world, I remember, you know, a very specific moment where I turned to a bunch of people and I was like, I'm just going to quit. And so I, I can remember that. I'm sure there was probably something for you there where yeah. you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, for me, it was, um, you know, for... Kind of again, I, I left uh, towards the end of 2012, um, but for a couple of years prior to that and uh, all throughout, I kept on hearing that voice in my head, like Ray Kinsella, kept on hearing he said, "If you build it, he will come." I kept hearing in my head, uh, "Live your essence," and I knew what that meant, and I knew that I wasn't living it. Uh, so my point uh, that you're referring to came when I um, got so fed up with introducing myself to people that I had to stop. Uh, because when you introduce yourself to people, you have to say what you do for a living. And, uh, you know, they ask you who you are, but they mean what you do. And I had to say that, you know, I'm an IT consultant and everything within me, within my stomach would churn and yell out, no, that's not who you are. That's what you do for a living. You're an author. You're an actor. You're a spiritual teacher. You're all of these things and you're doing none of them. So I promised at that moment to never introduce myself anymore as who I am not. And I was going to introduce myself as who I really was. So I started doing that. And I introduced myself to people you know, at work as an actor or as an author. And that became very interesting because people were like, oh, really, you're an actor. What have you been in? And I said, nothing yet, but I'm an actor. And you have that look on their face that you can imagine of what the hell are you talking <laughs> about, dude? And same thing with an author, same thing with others. But for me, it was freeing. It was coming out of that proverbial closet. It was being truthful and authentic. And that's where my journey really started. And so I, I really like what you said there because I feel like there's this is a good tip for anyone who doesn't feel like they're doing, you know, where life is leading them is is mm -hmm. no longer identifying with uh, what you do for a living because it's not really who you are. And more often than not, uh, it has nothing to do with the, the character or the type of person that you are. Um, yeah. And just as you saw, you know, people light up right away when they hear actor or or anything else really you know you tell them i i run an it business and they're like oh okay that's nice you know and and it doesn't lead to a conversation after that right. unless it's someone else in an it field so it's very interesting to hear that you know as soon as you started to uh tell people what you really were uh mm -hmm. that it really lights up on everyone's face and everyone's interested in that yeah you have to be true to yourself and uh it also brings up a question of you know, if you say that you're an actor, do you have to be a paid actor in order to be considered one? And the answer is no. You're uh, just because you're not uh, somebody who has published books yet. That doesn't mean that you're not an author. It's not about your professional choice. It's about who you are inside. And the rest is just, uh, you know, marketing and uh, sitting down, writing and releasing that book or, you know, auditioning for a movie and making both of which things I've done since. So um, it's really being true to who you are and then pursuing those. 
Absolutely. And so that's something that I myself have gone through. You know, I started to identify as being a storyteller, not necessarily a videographer. Uh, Mm -hmm. And a lot of things really started to click into place. And uh, people started to understand me a little bit better because they always wondered why my stories were so long and drawn out and detailed. And I guess that's just that's my thing, you know. Um, Do you have, sorry to interrupt, but I think I have the same issue. Uh, When I give a toast or when I give a speech, everybody is waiting for me to stop because I, you know, I can, I have a hard time telling that story uh, or the poems that I write. I write poems. So usually when I give a speech, it's in the poetic form. So when I do that, it's, you know, long drawn out because I'm going somewhere. It's not, hey, let's raise our toes because we love you so much and thanks. No, it's a lot more than that. So you have that too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will tell friends and I'll even identify in the middle of the conversation saying, and I know that I'm talking a lot and then I'll mm. keep going because yeah. I'm getting much like you. I'm getting to a certain point. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get around to something at the end of it and I want them to hear it. So I'm sure that happens a lot with poetry, too. It, it does because, uh, you know, my dad keeps on asking me, why can't you make something short? And I did, you know, just to appease him, I made very short uh, poetic forms, which are only four lines or, you know, two lines or eight lines. But most of my poems are, you know, two pages long because it's somewhere that I'm going with it. Um, for you, by the way, and something that I did, um, you know, after I left is I went into improv ah. and uh, I went and, uh, and I, you know, did a year and a half, uh, a little less than a year and a half at Second City in Chicago. So as a storyteller, it was a difficult transition because when you're doing improv, you have no time for a story. You have no time to write it. You have no time to think ahead or to go back in the past and try to figure out an angle. All you have to do is react to what's there. So I think for storytellers specifically, it was immensely important for me to go and do improv because it allowed me to be concise when I need to. Very interesting. So it hasn't gotten rid of your ability to no. to tell the long story, which is nice too because I'd be afraid of that. No, it just it uh, it kind of puts you in a different frame of mind. Your uh, improv allows you to be very present. You have to be in the present moment. You cannot think. So you're basically taking that part of yourself away. And all you're doing is just being. And you're reacting. And you're adding to it. So you cannot script anything. That's not improv. That's scripted comedy, which is okay too. But that's that's not improv. Very interesting. So Mm -hmm. I have this question. When when you ultimately decided to to leave the business, Mm -hmm. you know, going from probably what was a much larger amount of income to uh, something that wasn't as guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, is there fear in there that that could have held you back? Uh, on my end, no. On everybody else's, yes. Uh, everybody else around me said that I was an idiot, um, which, you know, it's it's interesting because you're flying on these wings of happiness saying, hey, I'm doing something that is so authentic. I'm doing something that is so real and so brave. And you are completely uh, optimistic at that point. And everybody around you wants to shoot you down, uh, which is an interesting process. And that was probably the most difficult one. So from my perspective, no, because uh, I had uh, you know, a certain amount of money in the bank. I knew what I accomplished and I knew that I had a fallback plan. So for me, it was a matter of just going and doing it. And as I ended up doing, I started doing some part-time work to continue uh, kind of funding my new expansion. 
uh, which was uh, you know something that I recommend to people. Don't just quit your job. Maybe transition into a part time or consulting capacity. You know, keep utilizing that bridge that you spent a long time building. Uh, <clears throat> so money was not an issue for me. It was for everybody else. They said, I cannot believe you're doing this. You spent years building this business. You're at the top of your success and you're quitting cold turkey and you're going to who knows what into basically no income. So it was uh, a much bigger deal for everybody else. And and so that has to be a tough experience only because you're probably really yeah. excited about everything that you're doing. And it's probably the biggest time for you to share what you're about to do with so many others uh, and to can. have them all come back and, and shoot it down. Yep. I mean, that's that's probably why so many other people don't take a leap and, and don't actually step into their purpose and, and do what they're meant to do. It's true. And, uh, you know, this is uh, not a great simile, but I kind of equate it in that way. When you're doing that, you're coming out of the closet. So I'm straight, but I have many gay friends. And that's probably the closest that I've come to coming out uh, and feeling what they must have been feeling when you are who you are. You don't care about what other people are saying. You have to be true to yourself. But then you start hearing from everybody else you know, why did you do this? Or who cares? Or don't tell anybody about it. And I had the same experience on my end. You know, don't tell anybody what you're doing. You're an actor. No, you're not an actor. When you make a movie, then you can tell other people that you're an actor. Or when you write that book, then you're an author. Before that, you're not. And right now, you just did this. And, you, and basically, you have to uh, remove yourself from those voices. And you have to surround yourself with people who get it. And they are the people who you can share to. But that ability to share is an extremely important thing and thank god for the internet because you can find people on facebook you can find people on social media or around you in meetup groups that get it and you need that support otherwise you're going to go crazy yeah and so that's exactly where i was and i'm sure <clears throat> that for many listening in because i know that a lot of people that listen to the podcast uh, are very interested in in taking the leap to start their business but yeah. I, it's it's tough because everyone around you is going to do that you know i have a very jewish mother uh mm -hmm. and so when i first said that i had quit my job i was still living under her roof and i thought that i was going to be out on the street by that afternoon i mean there was just yeah. I, I thought that i was done for and I think that it's really a matter of the successful ones are the ones who are going to uh, be strong enough to, in a sense, ignore most yeah. of your friends' warnings. Uh, and it's realized that, you know, it's just because they care about you and they want to see you succeed. But the truth of it is the only way you're going to succeed is if you're staying true to yourself. It's true. And uh, what it taught me is that by me doing this, it essentially puts a mirror in front of everybody else and says, I am doing it, what are you doing with your life? And nobody likes to do that. Nobody wants to look at that mirror because that's a hard conversation to have with yourself. Yeah. So instead, most people choose to criticize and you have to, uh, you have to tune that out. But you have to be open-minded enough where you're hearing people because there's a lot of value in understanding what they're saying because we tend to be myopic, especially at that point when we're quitting and when we're on our wings of happiness and we know that we're going to accomplish great things, we have a very uh, focused perspective and we don't see any other perspectives. So hearing those is important. Letting them affect your flight is not. Very good point there. So it's kind of like if I were to go to yeah. my friend and say, I'm going to go stick my hand over this candle, mm -hmm. you know, you can't stop me. 
If right. they say it's going to be hot and burn you, well, yes, it is. So you have to make sure that you don't tune out that voice entirely because right. uh, some of them are actually very reasonable warnings mm -hmm. from their own experiences, but many of them are their fears being projected on you. So being able exactly. to sort through and figure out, you know, which one is actually going to impact you, um, it, it's definitely a skill and it takes time to, to perfect. It does. And uh, just kind of, again, have that uh, inner knowing and have that voice, but make sure that you realize that many of the advices that you're getting and many of the things that may be coming from your ego at that point are based on prior experience, based on the pre-programmed things of you do this, you get that result. Well, that's not necessarily the way it's going to be. You are the co-creator and you're deciding how it's going to turn out. So it's, it's this beautiful dance of all of these energies and you're trying to find your way through them. So you were saying that when you originally were considering uh, leaving the business, mm -hmm. you kept hearing living your essence or live in mm -hmm. your essence. And uh, tell me, what does that mean to you? And, and what ultimately did that turn into? Uh, well, to me, that means, uh, you know, uh, pursue your uh, sole purpose. Uh, so live your essences, uh, get in touch with who you really are align with that and then start living from it. Uh, that means uh, career, that means uh, the way that you present yourself to the world, that means kind of uh, remove the blocks that you put around yourself in order to fit in and be you. Um, and that's what it meant. So for me, that meant uh, allowing myself to pursue the things that I really cared about, which was I always wanted to try myself as an actor, so I went to Second City. And uh, I auditioned for a movie and I studied acting with different places until I realized that I love it. It is who I am, but it's not the core of who I am. It is an expression of what I am about. Uh, I am a very spiritual person and I have psychic and intuitive abilities. So I went and I studied with teachers uh, in order to see if this is something that I want to do uh, as a career. And I saw that as much as I love it, and it's always going to be a part of me. That's not my core either. So it took a while to kind of go between these different places and find that balance. And I was very careful to find the balance that expresses me fully, which means I needed to have something that is mainstream and esoteric instead of focusing on just one. I cannot be mainstream because that's not who I am. You know, I talk to angels and root for the cubs at the same time. And if I'm not doing something that expresses both of those pieces, I am not complete. And that took time. And uh, living your essence for me uh, meant uh, that I'm here to inspire and to help others. So uh, I always tell people that when you're trying to see who you are, explain yourself in one, two or three words. And for me, that one word is inspirer. Uh, I am inspiring others, and that goes through different mediums, such as you know, radio, such as uh, writing articles that I write, having my online courses, uh, you know, speaking one-on-one. -on -one. All of these things are just different mediums to inspire others. Very interesting. And so, did you ever find that through this journey, uh, you were picking up different skill sets or hobbies along the way? So, you know, yeah. for example, I when I left my I left working for Apple to start my video production company. Uh, one of the big things that I picked up was rowing, and I found that I'm extremely passionate about being in a single boat on the water, rowing off into the sunset, or training for competition and races. Um, mm -hmm. And that has really kind of bled into every other aspect of my life. You know, there's so 
such a balance of being on the water. You learn a lot from working on a crew team uh, and there's a lot of discipline there. Have you found that any of the skills that you took on uh, really, you know, seep into the other aspects of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Again, improv uh, was a big, big thing. You know, I did uh, two years of radio where I hosted my own show. Uh, up until very recently, and improv was just a you know, so natural uh, application for radio because you're at a point where you have to flow with the conversation. You cannot script things out. Uh, you really have to be able to react. And then when I'm being interviewed, I'm asked questions from left field all the time. People are trying to kind of you know uh, playfully stump you uh, because of my improv experience and because of who I am personality-wise. Uh, I could care less because I find that fun. So improv has been a huge, uh, huge uh, change. Uh, being um, being in that present moment, not have to worry about what happened before or what's happening next. Just being in that present was a very, very big thing. And then spirituality. All of the things that I've learned uh, allowed me to understand myself better. And it's always that backbone. So everything that I do has that integrated uh, with it because what I'm trying to help people I'm removing blocks and I'm getting them to love themselves Uh, it's it's many many things that are uh, kind of uh, weaved into it but those two I would say are the biggest ones Uh, and then the final one is the entrepreneurship I have done entrepreneurship before you know I've built my businesses I'm not a person who works for corporate I'm a person who builds companies so that always will continue because that's who I am and everything that I do, including my new business, is uh, just building another business in a different space. Right. And I feel like once you've done it before, yeah. you're not really as scared of, of doing it again because no. no matter how many people say you know, that you can or can't do something, if you've already mm-hmm. done something very similar, uh, I feel like you know when, when I left my job, I was like, all right, I know how to interview and get a job so if i ever had to go back to this and had no choice you know i know how to do this again um so that's the great part about you know selling your business to to move on or or moving out of the business to create another one uh, Mm -hmm. is that you already know how to make one so it's completely in your hands to to just do it again it's true yeah and so you have this seamless method i'm curious to hear a little bit about this uh, that's, you know, when we talked about balance, that's kind of it for me. Uh, it's one of the uh, practical tools because everything that I use, and I've noticed that uh, many, uh, many of the people on the esoteric spectrum uh, are excellent in, uh, you know, looking at uh, life and uh, figuring out the meaning behind it and what other great elements are from it, but they're not very practical. And uh, I come from a very practical perspective. Uh, I come from the you know business uh, side. So for me, it doesn't matter unless you can apply to real life right now. Uh, so everything that I do, including the seamless method, is a very practical approach that kind of marries things and allows people to utilize it immediately. So seamless um, kind of uh, came out of me trying to balance my life. Uh, I was uh, very stressed out, unfulfilled, unhealthy, and uh, just trying to fix that. I've noticed that the only times that I felt good were on vacation. And on vacation, you're unfortunately going twice a year. And I was not okay with feeling badly for 50 uh, weeks out of the year and feeling great only for two weeks. 
but I started analyzing what is it on vacation that actually works for me that makes me feel good. You know, is it the lack of stress? No, certainly not because I had two small kids and traveling to Mexico and back and them always wanting to do things that we don't want them to do. So there were plenty of stresses. That was not the answer. Was it uh, me eating better, for instance? And it certainly was not because we would go to an all-inclusive resort uh, and I'm eating twice as much as normal and I'm not eating healthy things, ice cream every day. So it was not the food either. So I kind of started thinking, well, what is it? Because I'm getting more stress, I am eating like crap and I'm still feeling awesome. So I noticed that it was uh, the abundance of sleep. I was sleeping a lot more. I was being very active as opposed to you know a sedentary life. Uh, I was running, I was biking, I was swimming. I was always outside, so sunshine and fresh air. It was those things. And then I said, okay, well, what else can I do? Obviously, you know, I should eat better. Uh, can I do these things when I get back to work? You know, can I uh, go outside uh, during lunch, for instance? Yes, I can. So as I started putting those pieces together, uh, that became seamless. And uh, seamless now stands for eight elements that all of us should do on a daily basis that are you know, no-brainers. We all know we're supposed to do that. We all know how important they are, and yet none of us do them. So seamless became a way to help people who know that they should be doing it, that are not doing it, to figure out how to actually do it. And uh, it's an acronym that stands for those eight elements. Very nice. And uh, would you mind sharing with us what the, each, yeah. let, each letter stands for? Uh, so seamless, uh, S is for uh, sleep, as I mentioned, uh, one of the most important ones. Uh, e is for eating and uh, drinking enough water. A is for activity or being active for at least 30 minutes a day. M is for meditation. Um, L is for three types of love. Loving yourself is the first one. Loving others is the second. And loving your day is the third. Uh, e is for expansion and growth. We have to go beyond our fears. We have to continue learning. Uh, the last two S's, one is for stress reduction, and the final one is for sunshine and fresh air. Very nice. And I would be mm -hmm. the first person to tell you that sunshine is actually very important. I tend to, yeah. uh, in the wintertime, as it gets cooler, spend more time mm -hmm. inside. And I know that it, it impacts my mood greatly. Mm -hmm. uh, so being able to get out in the sunshine actually does... Uh, magical things for the body and I think that there's a yeah. reason why sunlight is a big ingredient in making a plant grow uh, mm -hmm. and it has a lot to do with how we grow as well so I'd sure. be the first one to tell you that if you're not getting enough sunshine uh, definitely take a step outside for an hour or two and mm -hmm. uh, you'll see a big difference or at least 20 minutes I, that's the the recommendation be outside for at least 20 minutes a day very nice. So this is a great way to remind us of things that we already know we should be doing. And I really like that, um, you know, you make it so simple. It's it's no there's no secret. Right. There is no key secret to how to live a great life mm -hmm. uh, other than doing the things that we already know we're supposed to do, because most likely more often than not, we're not doing all of them. Uh, so it makes perfect yeah. sense. And the funny thing is, and what I didn't realize when I kind of put this thing together for myself, is that all of these elements, as simple as they are, uh, are completely flexible and uh, require no investment. People can do them regardless of their age, their health, their income level. And if you do those things, um, the thing that shocked me in this case was that I looked at the top 10 health-related killers in the United States. Uh, like cancer or Alzheimer's or kidney disease and all the other ones. 
And when I looked at the prevention methods, that's seamless. They're telling you to get more sleep. They're telling you to eat better. They're telling you to exercise. They're telling you to meditate. They're telling you to reduce your stress. And amazingly enough, these simple things, if we do them, and we do them on a consistent basis, can uh, help us lower stress, uh, can help us uh, lose weight and get into a better shape, can help us learn to love ourselves and improve our relationships and lower the risk of the top 10 health-related killers in the U.S. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, share with me just real quickly as we round this all off, you know, if somebody were looking to really recalibrate their life and kind of hit that reset button, start over fresh, Uh, Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that they should be looking to do right now? Uh, Start with seamless. And, uh, you know, you already know what the whole system is. Now, if you choose to work with me, then we can actually help you install it and make sure that your these eight elements become habits. And I have courses. I have, you know, one on one counseling. You can do that. But the system you already know. So start with seamless and start implementing those things throughout your day, because that will make a huge difference already. Once you do that. Start asking yourself the question of why you're here and then uh, take that and transition and build a bridge from who you really are to the job that expresses that. That's the recalibration process from my perspective. And I would definitely say that, you know, mm-hmm. you used a great word there, install. Uh, and mm-hmm. I would pull out the example of, you know, about a week or two ago, we had to replace the, the kitchen sink faucet. And uh, so my roommate and I thought, okay, we'll go to the store, we'll buy a new faucet, and within about half an hour, we'll have a new one in there. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm no plumber. I have no No. experience in plumbing. I'm just a guy with a toolbox. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it really came down to uh, while we knew the part that we had to get, Mm -hmm. Uh, the installation process is really something that you have to leave up to the professionals. And so I would just say, you know, for anyone listening, uh, I I really liked that you said install because it really means that you have worked in your craft and in your profession uh, and that you are the person to help, you know, make this happen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, we do. Uh, By we, I said, you know, me and uh, all of the people who have uh, done this uh, already, um, what I was surprised with is I didn't expect the results to be so cool. Uh, we had 92% of people who uh, participated that lowered their stress significantly. Uh, we had 64% of people who got into much better shape. We had 74 or 75% of people who balanced their lives. It's cool stuff. And uh, it's simple. Uh, you know, when I talked to people initially, they said, are you kidding? I'm already too busy. You want me to do eight more things during my life? And when I show them how to do that, that it only takes a few minutes uh, extra a day, it's amazing what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And so, mm-hmm. Alan, what's the best way for people to, uh, to check out more you know, from your online courses and to learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about what you do? Uh, I think the easiest would be to go to uh, courses.allenvaysberg.com or you can go to seamlessmethod.com. Perfect. And uh, is there anything else, any final uh, words of wisdom you'd like to share with everyone listening in? Yeah, aside from live your essence, uh, for me, the uh, the wisdom comes in from listening to yourself. Um, spend some time every day. We can call it meditation or we can call it just closing your eyes and listening in. But spend some time with yourself because that's where all the answers lie. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for spending your, your morning with me, Alan. And uh, Pleasure. Appreciate having you here, and I'm sure we'll be talking very soon.
Thank you very much, and I appreciate you having me on the show. This episode of The Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today. The 5X life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster. The ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet, and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.